Swing and a drive. Right field and deep. Back goes Aquino. It's got a chance. Gone. Get out the tape measure. Long gone. Fly the W. Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley Jean. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is season number two. It's episode 94. The Cubs leave Nashville empty-handed. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on the socials, FlyW670 on Twitter, Instagram. Of course, we're on Facebook, and you can email us at flythew 670 at gmail.com. Crowley, the uh, headline says Cubs leave Nashville empty-handed, but most teams left Nashville empty-handed. Yeah, I got to tell you, I, I saw that Ken Rosenthal, <laughs> Ken Rosenthal wrote a brilliant article about how baseball's got to do something. I mean, you cannot literally have a hotel full of reporters and nothing happen for a whole three or four days. It's ridiculous. Got to start putting some timelines on this. Make it fun for the fans, you know, because this was awful. Make it, make it, was, it a deadline. Make it, make it a right. intermediate deadline almost. Yeah. Right. Or do something. You got to do something. This was just a dud. Well, plus uh, they the said that there was a lot of off-site things going on, like that people weren't doing the typical um, in the lobbies, in a in a suite, in a thing. Everybody was doing stuff away from where the meetings were being held. It was, it was, yeah, uh, you know, it was literally just boring for everybody that was there, and it was boring for the fans when at a time when you're trying to drum up interest. So we'll see what happens. Any, so what, what what do you think? I mean, let's let's play. Uh, let, let's be the commissioner. How would you fix it? I mean, would you? what kind of a deadline do you think you could put in there? I, I would like to see all, I would like to see most of these deals done at some point in time by New Year's. Um, you know, that way you got your team set for the fan would there, festivals. Would there, like, be a, would, would there be a gathering though then? Or you put that out, so there wouldn't be a winter meetings per se. Just, well, you could still, you could still have the winter meeting, but right now, I mean, you can still have guys signing in March. You know what I mean? For right. the most part. Well, again, and if Shohei Otani decides what he wants to do, I think you'd see a lot more things happen. And, and the more and more that he doesn't do anything, it, a lot, some of this Crawley, you know, Kenny Rosenthal can say shame on baseball. How about shame on Shohei Otani? Okay. The, the, the last time Shohei Otani and Mike Trout won anything was the fourth of never. Right? What exactly have they done? What have those two done? And what exactly are you paying six hundred million for? If he can't pitch, why in the world would you pay him six hundred million dollars? You're paying him that because you're buying a number two starter at worst case scenario and the third batter in your lineup. Okay, that's worth six hundred million. But next year he's not pitching, and he may never pitch again. So what in the wide world of sports is so special about Shohei Otani? Give me a break. I think what it comes down to is, is he is a globally recognized figure, right? And so you don't get these guys very often that transcend the game. And that's really what you're what you're paying for. Of course, you're paying for a guy that's going to slug like crazy. Uh, if he can pitch, all the better. If he never but pitches again, Crowley, then he's not – I'm not saying he's just a guy. But right. he's one of a handful of guys then. He's not a unicorn anymore. If he can't pitch ever again, he's nothing out of the ordinary. He's just a guy. Right. And so, I mean, things were held up by the decision or lack of decision. And, you know, who knows? Maybe, I mean, we can't even get what his dog's name is. So Exactly. I mean, what is with all the secrecy and all the goofiness and all the weirdness I mean, you, 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 we, who I'll say, I, I, I was more upset about it than you were. You attend it much more than I do. We'll go back to the last Cubs convention, right? Who didn't show up? Who wasn't there last year? I mean, there's Stroman. a handful of people. Okay. Yeah. The, the Cubs biggest pickup, you know, we didn't know what it was going to be. You didn't know what Bellinger was going to be. The biggest pickup was Stroman. He didn't show up. People were upset. You think Shohei Otani is going to show up to Cubs con? No, no. chance. No, no, no shot. Well, Dustin, we did actually get a little bit of news after the winter meetings was over and everyone was packing their bags and going home. 
The Yankees took the first premium name off the board when they traded to get Juan Soto from San Diego. Along with Soto, the Yankees are going to get center fielder Trent Grisham. And so you are they're saying that they're going to put um, Aaron Judge in center. And, wow. you, you know, so that's wow. going to be crazy. That'll be but interesting Dustin, to watch. Dustin, I got to tell you, man, the return. Five for, guys. Five, you know, five for two. Right. But, but these are, you know. Michael Michael King is a pretty good reliever turn starter who had a good second half of the season. He's a guy that's going to be interesting. Um, but then after that, you got swingman Johnny Brito, top pitching prospect Drew Thorpe, reliever Randy Vasquez, and a 33-year-old catcher, right, Kyle Kish- uh, Higashoga. And so, you know, I don't see – you know, one really, really good prospect, one major league-ready pitcher right now, a reliever and a 33 year old catcher. And, and I, you can't, you know, the Cubs didn't have anything to beat that. But would you want the Cubs to, here's the thing. Would you want the Cubs to beat that? I, I and, well, I'm saying you, and then, and, and how much, how much you have to pay Soto this year? 33, 33 million. Okay. And then, and then you got to really pay him. Right. right. And, and then you got to really pay him or he walks. So I, let me, I mean, let, me, let me put it to you this way, Dustin. Right now, the Cubs have a glut of outfielders. Um, they have he pitching. Didn't want they, he didn't want $400 million. That right. wasn't good enough, and that was a couple years ago. But when we're talking about this, and Michael Cerami brought it up when we had him on interviewing from Bleacher Nation, is that let's if that was all it took to get him, I would have tried to top that deal. You're going to pay the $33 million, Don't worry about that. But now you have a, a grace period to see, do I, is this guy really worth $400, 500000000 million? But could, you could, have him and you have, it, you, uh, you have exclusive uh, rights to him. What if all of a sudden you find out that maybe there's personality things you don't like about him? What if you find out he doesn't get along well with the team? Wouldn't you rather know that now than committing $500 million? Well, I'm not, again, Crowley, I, <laughs> If you're listening, I'm not ready to commit $500 million either. Because well, okay? again, what, what, what has Shohei Otani show? It's not bad. This is not basketball, Crowley. This is major league baseball. This is a team sport. One guy, one individual cannot, cannot win the world series. It takes a couple of guys at the very least. It is not an individualized sport hidden in a team sport like the NBA can be sometimes. But so you're talking about, about this. Is there a way to do, is there a way to do it? Is it, could we, let's, here's a, here's a potential guess or a homework assignment. Maybe either one of us can text with him or we can get him on the show. What would have been a comp? What would have been a comp from the Cubs farm system? I, name, I, I, name wise. You know what I mean? Like, give me, right. give me the names, give me the names. Cause then you can have a real conversation. Right. I'm just, I mean, I'm just telling you, I think that there's an offer the Cubs could have beat. It wouldn't have absolutely decimated the farm system. And then you have a year of really getting to see who Juan Soto is. But what they also don't want him to play defense. You know, they, they were buying Juan Soto to be the DH. I mean, on this team, right? I mean, if they needed to give a guy a day off, but, but, he, but he's not a defender. And the Cubs he, love he's, a, he's a he's a fine defender. He's not. A, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't say he's any not worse win than a goal, he's not going to win a gold glove. He may be slightly less good than slightly less skilled than Ian Happ, but I don't think he's like awful. He's not Kyle Schwarber defense. Um, when no. when you when you're talking about Kyle Schwarber, you know what I mean. It's so I would say I hear you. I'm just saying. I mean, there's just everybody's got warts, and the Cubs have a lot of holes. And, and I get the and we, you and I talked before the the show about a comment that Jed Hoyer made, which basically scream scream at me, Reese Hopkins. Is coming to town, right? But right. if you give me Reese Hopkins and you give me Glass now, and you give me a much better bullpen or a deeper bullpen, I could live with that. I I, I, I could don't, live with that. I don't think Hoskins alone will. Um, I don't know. I, I think. And who's offense, paying Bellinger? And who's paying Bellinger now? By the way, the Yankees aren't. Dodgers don't want him. Who, who's who's paying for him? Well, that's what we're going to find out here. But the other signings of note that occurred at the winter meetings, Jaime Candelario is staying in the NL Central. That option is off the board. He's signing a three-year, $45 million deal with the Reds. What do you think of that? I mean, what do you think of that money for him? That seems, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's affordable, but I, I don't know. I'd ra- I would rather, I would rather give Christopher Morrell 150 games at third base than give 
that kind of investment to Candelario myself. So, you know, it's, you know, when you look at Candelario, he's hit 20 plus home runs for the last three, four years. You have a proven talent. Um, with Christopher Morrell, I don't Morrell know. hit 20. You don't think Morrell yeah, hit 20 I, a year? I know. He, what I worry about is if he is made to be one of those guys that you're depending on, his cold streaks, Dustin, can get very, yeah, very cold. Yeah, icy. You're right. That he get can get cold. very icy. And if all of a sudden you got one or two guys struggling plus him struggling, he was nearly unplayable at points last year with how bad he was struggling. But he can obviously – you know, hit the ball very hard and very far. There's no doubt about that. The only other big signing was Eduardo Rodriguez signs a four-year $80 million with the D-back. So starting pitching death was the, was the Achilles heels for Arizona. Remember, they went with the bullpen game in the World Series. Yep. So they put themselves uh, in good shape to make another but run. Now they're, the yeah, they're, their top four looks pretty damn good. Right. So what about the Cubs? You know, they didn't make any moves, and it was a bizarre couple of days for the organization as rumors swirled around them. Jed Hoyer, along with Toronto's GM, were not at the opening of the winter meetings. We know Toronto met with Otani. We know the Dodgers met with Otani. We don't know if Jed did or didn't. And once Jed does get in there, we'll talk about this more a little bit later, but he gets into a little confrontation with our buddy Bob Nightingale. And Dustin, I don't know about you, but I don't think we have any clearer picture of the Cubs offseason plan than when the winter meeting started. So maybe Jed is still operating in stealth mode like he did. Right. Well, he's Council. playing a good he's playing a good game of poker, good game of possum. You know, the other the other piece of audio I used this morning was about, um, hey, sometimes it's a curse when you win the offseason. Sometimes that's a curse. You don't want to have all the big names. Sometimes it doesn't work out, which I found an interesting comment right so we'll, we'll get to some of that audio and some of those comments along the way but uh, he he's kind of if he's being honest he's leaving a little trail of breadcrumbs he's pulling a little Hansel and Gretel if you will we'll see and or maybe he's bluffing we don't know we don't know we, we put together know. a path though Dustin on the last episode for a successful off season and if you remember we we took um all the people that are you know free agents and all the uh trade people that we've heard in trade rumors and kind of created a three different tiers of players. And so we said tier one, free agents, Otani, Yamamoto, Snell, those are all still available. Tier one trade targets that we said were the top of the class. Soto is now gone. Cease and Alonzo are also on that list. So there's still five players available from that first tier. As far as tier two, free agents, Montgomery, Chapman and Bellinger. So Jordan Montgomery, Matt Chapman, and Cody Bellinger, and then the Tier 2 trade targets, Corbin Burns, Alex Bregman, and Tyler Glass now. We said Tier 3 free agents, Reese Hoskins, Jorge Soler, and Imanaga, the other pitcher from Japan that's now looking maybe at $100 million. And then the top three trade targets would be uh, Bieber, Hassan Kim, and Isaac Paredes from the Rays. And so a lot of those guys are still available, so we want to do a little bit of a temperature check to see how the hot stove is feeling about some of these players. You ready, Dustin? I'm ready. All right. Shohei Otani, we're going to say cold right now. Like cold or like ice cold? Or I would like just say cold. I would cold? say cold. Not even like, not even like room temperature? Mm, maybe room temperature. But this, again, this was supposedly what sparked the conversation between Bob Nightingale and Jed Hoyer. For what we heard for a while, it was the Cubs and Dodgers. Cubs and Dodgers is the finalist. Dodgers number one, Vegas or uh, Cubs number two. That's still how they had it on the sports books at your friends with Circa uh, Resort and Casino. The, the Cubs are still at number two. But Bob Nightingale tweeted this out. The Chicago Cubs optimism of landing Otani has has now significantly waned, one high-ranking executive said. He's going to change that in his article to one high-ranking Cubs executive, leaving the LA Dodgers, the Toronto Blue Jays, the Angels, and the San Francisco Giants as the likely finalists. Now, again, no one's 100% sure what happened between Bob and Jed. Um, you know, there were some reports, but John Heyman, you know, when, when, when Hoyer was asked about that, he said, we have not been told we are out of the running. We don't talk about free agents, and that's where we're going to leave it. Now, 
Heyman is going to kind of play the middle ground here. He's going to say the Cubs have not been informed. They are out on Otani, which is exactly what Jed said. But John continues. He says that doesn't mean report is untrue, but they just haven't heard. The belief is that at least the Dodgers, Jays, Giants, and Angels are in. So I'm going to continue to say cold on Otani, Dustin. That's that's where I'm feeling it running. Um, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, it's probably L.A., L.A., Toronto, Chicago. Maybe. We know that um, Dave Roberts spilled the beans, uh, talked about. Well, what being, are the rules, know, right? What are the rules? Right. And we know Toronto met with uh, Otani. And Craig Council was asked if he met with Otani. Craig Council had said no. Now, you want to talk about ice cold, Dustin? This is the guy I wanted, and I'm hoping that it doesn't turn out to be Yoshinobu Yamamoto. According to Patrick Mooney and Sahadev Sharma of The Athletic, quote, Yoshinobu Yamamoto has generated so much interest from both the New York teams and other big market franchises that the Cubs are not expected to proceed in these high-stake negotiations. Reports now have Yamamoto's contract looking like 10 years, $300 million. Um, I was disappointed. I don't, I, you know, uh, I don't, aren't we a big market franchise? Why would we be out? Is it, is it culture? Is it closeness? Is it proximity? It, is it, it, you know, name, name the, name the Japanese pitcher that's done a lick in the major leagues. You Darvish comes to mind. There, there's been other you, ones. We are, you want, you want you Darvish 2.0? Really? I don't know. I know this guy. Do you is, want, hold on. I, no, 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 no. Hold on. Time. I, I mean, you want you you want to do you Darvish over again? You asked if who was a successful Japanese pitcher, and that's right, what I was telling right, you. But but, but I we, think that we already Yoshi, saw that, and I I'll you know I if you <laughs> Yoshinobu Yamamoto is Chicago. He couldn't handle Chicago. No, he was fine. He got he was injured the first season, and then he was in the yeah, Cy when, Young award. When, when nobody he was, was in the, the Cy Young award, he, he came second in Cy Young voting the second season to uh, Trevor Bauer. When nobody sat in the stands, he did well. Um, I'll I'll disagree with that one. But Yoshi uh, uh, Yamamoto again, three time Cy Young over winner in Japan. I mean, uh, a guy that throws heat and has a lot of great secondary pitches. I just don't understand, Dustin. If they're saying other big market franchises that the the that that it was too much has generated so much interest, they don't want to. I'd like it, I'd like them to source it though, like a high you know who according to them, according to who, who did they talk to? I just according know, to Pat, somebody. If if you're talking about local reporters, Patrick Mooney and Sahad of Sharma are two of the best you can get. Oh no, I, I don't disagree. I, I'm just I, here's the thing. And, Crowley, I love, I love to armchair quarterback, but I do. And I've said that I don't want to be a hypocrite. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I am going to give Carter and Jed and Tom the opportunity to do their job. Mm -hmm. I want to see what they do. I want to see how it works out. And then I will criticize or I will applaud. Well, I, 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 I'm, I'm I from I have always said on this podcast and on the Mully and Haw show that I did not want them to spend five hundred million dollars on one player. Now mm -hmm. I, I'm fine. You give me Yamamoto, uh, Reese Hop, Hopkins, and somebody else. I, okay, I can live with that, right? Like that, you know what I mean? Like that, I'm, I'm in on that. But let's see what they do. I mean, if they get Glasnow and Cody, what what if they get Glasnow and Cody Bellinger? It's it's interesting. I, I mean, there's always concerns you're about gonna have this, to pay Glasnow, right? The the concern is if, well, Glasnow again, you would only get him for one year, which right. is what we talked about with Soto. Really pay him. Right. I, I worry about his injury history. That to me is is worrisome when you have a pitcher that has a history of arm injuries. That makes me nervous. I've done it with Kerry Wood. I did it with Mark Pryor. I'm just not really looking forward to a guy that I have to worry about, you know, getting injured every single, every single start. I'd rather not go that route. Yamamoto, 25 year old young guy. And, and I'm just, who's telling he you, faced? I mean, who's he, who's he throwing against? I mean, where, where are the great, where are the great hitters from Japan, except for the great, uh, 
Shohei Otani. Where, where are these guys? Where are all the sluggers that he's that he's mowing down? So that's part of this. All right. Apparently, these other teams don't seem to have a problem with it. The well, Mets or the let, Yankees. Let's see. Let, let's see what happens. Okay. I mean, how 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 did things go? How would you grade? We'll go to the Mets. Okay. How would you grade year one of their starting pitcher that the Cubs and Cubs fans were interested in? You know, it was okay. It was okay, right? It wasn't great. It's all right. Yeah, I it wasn't, thought, it wasn't I, fantastic. Was it knock your socks off? I thought right. he had a really good year on a really bad team. Right. Yeah. Is what was, I would put it at. And so it was a bunch um, of it was a bunch of shrug your shoulders. This especially the second half, his numbers really ticked up. So yeah. we'll see. With the let, let, let keep moving on here. We got Tyler Glass now, who is red hot with the Cubs. So yeah. I know you're excited. John Heyman and Bruce Levine both have the Cubs very much in on Glass now. Um See, and the if, other thing with him is, Crowley, I don't think you have to give up squat for him, okay? I wouldn't give up Morrell. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give up Morrell for him. Um, well, I know you, you got to give up something. I know you got to give up something, but I would not give up Morrell. Not for a one-year rental on a team, and, and the Cubs are going to eat all that salary, and everybody knows that, that the Rays don't want to pay him. I would say on this one, it's tricky because this is what Craig Council had to say on the Marquee Network about um, – about Christopher Morell, and it kind of raised some eyebrows. Chris Morell, you know, needs to be in the lineup, um, and he needs to be on the field, and and so that's how we have to, and he's earned that. Um, and so, you know, look, there are some players that are multi-position players, um, and that's okay. Mookie Betts has been a very good multi-position player for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, uh, you know. Last year for the Cubs, Cody Bellinger was a very good multi-position player. So, you know, I think good players find themselves, find their ways onto the field. They find their way in the lineup. Um, and I think that's where we're at with, with Morrell, or that's where I'm at with Morrell. Um, and he's earned that by the way he's played. It's, it's an exciting young player um, that offensively continues to get better. Um, because he doesn't have one position, to me, is not a concern. It's it's just it's a place that we have some versatility and that we're going to take advantage of that. Chris Morrell. So the interesting thing about that, Christopher Morrell has to play. So that was okay. But the question is, where is he going to play? And Dustin, you know, I know we've talked about third a lot. And the funny thing is, is that with Morrell, you know, he was, you know, supposedly they he, the Cubs want him to play first, but the lead them leagues don't have to, the Dominican leagues don't have any connection to the major leagues. And so they've been playing them where they think they need him to be, to win, which has right. been third base the majority right. of the time. But it you know what that cut also screamed to me that that was a, that was to me, that was a shot at David Ross. Man. That was a shot that the Cubs wanted Christopher Morrell out there more. Now you're right, Crowley. They, he got icy, icy cold. But that didn't mean that they, they meaning Jed and, and Carter, didn't want him out there more often. And maybe that was another thing that uh, the, the little bit of the rift, if you will, that might have been going on. I don't know. I mean, I, why would Jed say he wants him to play first? To me, that just that's where I'm kind of very confused about and 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 where. Well, you could hide him. I mean, you'd rather have your bet, a better defender at, fir, at third than first, right? I mean. We'll see about him, but it, it looks like you, I don't think you have to give Morrell up to get Glass now. So that right now seems to be the hottest as far right. as the Cubs rumors. And I would not. I, that that honestly, that would be a deal breaker because I, I would say, okay, if I really want Glass now that badly, I'll go buy him next year. Now Reese Hoskins, I would say, would be warm right now. Levine's mentioned him uh, as a good fit, pillow contract, high slug, high <laughs> OBP. Uh, a John Maley pupil from his, when John was with the Phillies. You know, that's, again, I think that's one that could easily be done by the Cubs and will. But this one kind of just kind of popped up recently. Um, one of my uh, friends, uh, Cubby's Hot Stove, put this up there. And, and there's rumors now about the Cubs. We know that they talked with the Guardians about Shane Bieber. Remember, that was a conversation between yep. the Guardians in Chicago and the Reds in Chicago. But now it looks like the Cubs and Guardians are talking a little bit more, and there may be something bigger cooking. Um, they apparently the Cubs have been talking to Cleveland about Shane Bieber, but also Emmanuel Kloss, who's one of the best relievers in baseball, 
which would solve your bullpen situation. And Dustin, first baseman Josh Naylor also, who's a 26-year-old first baseman. He's not a big power guy, 17, 18 home runs, but he's a guy who hits for average. So I guess, you know, if, if you could somehow with have some sort of first DH platoon type situation with Naylor and Reese Hoskins, Naylor's a much better first baseman and Reese Hoskins is a much bigger slugger. That might be something there. So to get a closer, a starter, and a first baseman, I don't know what Cleveland would ask for that, but that would be something to really kind of keep your eye on. Now you want Christopher Morell? Now I can have a conversation about that, right? You know, as one of the people. But that, that is interesting. Something to keep an eye on, no doubt about it. And, and, and Crowley, this is part of the fun. This is part of the fun with all of this. And I know you and I and our listeners are hoping there is a uh, emergency podcast in the near future. Uh, we'd all like to uh, know what uh, jersey we would like to see underneath our uh, Christmas tree or part of our uh, Hanukkah celebrations. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's episode number 94 of season two. Cubs leave Nashville empty-handed. And in this segment, we are going to listen back to some cuts from Bruce Levine on the Mullion Haw Show. Oh man, Dustin, I was, I was actually driving in the car and I was, I almost had to pull over. I was going so crazy with this interview with, with how many nuggets Bruce Levine was just dropping there. And so the first part of this clip is the Bob Nightingale versus Jed Hoyer dust up. Here's what Bruce had to say about the situation. Talk to Bob Nightingale, good friend of uh, mine, good friend of yours in the station. One of the great reporters in the country. Uh, afterwards, after, you know, the tweet by, uh, Jesse that, uh, you know, he was scolded and, uh, he was indeed, uh, Hoyer was upset about the fact that, um, Christopher Morell's name was out there, uh, being bandied about for Tyler Glasnow of the Tampa Rays. And they have been talking to the Tampa Rays and Tyler Glasnow has a really good chance of ending up as a Chicago Cub pitcher. But that wasn't the trade. They hadn't talked about Morell. So what Hoyer did was before he talked to the general media in his session yesterday, he detoured over to Bob and he told him, according to both Bob and another source, hey, you were wrong on this. We don't like our guy Morell's name being out there when it wasn't mentioned. And I'm, I'm letting you know that you're wrong on the story. So you should retract it. Uh, as far as the Otani stuff goes... According to Bob, there was no conversation at all about Otani, and the conversation lasted about 20 seconds. So that is, you know, I, I viewed it as well. Uh, I didn't, I didn't think it lasted more than that either. either. But again, uh, was Bob right about the Otani part of this? That he has told the Cubs uh, that they are no longer a part of it. Hoyer said that uh, the Cubs have not been told anything of the sort. So, boy, Dustin, there's a lot there. Uh, number one, it appears that this wasn't a conversation having to do about the, the Bob's tweet about Shohei Otani, but more of the matter of that the Cubs were not offering Christopher Morell on the table for Tyler Glass now. So, to me, that really is kind of, you know, telling that it really, when the media kind of went with that, you know, about the scolding, getting scolded. It was about, everyone thought it was about the Shohei thing. But for according to Bruce, it seems like it was more about Morell for Glasnow. Is that what you picked up on that? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So interesting to see. Now, one thing that you and I have talked about previously is, well, how much is Shohei worth as far as value to a team? And this is what Bruce had said about that. Uh, I was told a net 15 to $20 million a year. Okay. So a lot revenue. of them, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it, that doesn't, that sounds like very little compared to some, you know, people saying it's 80 to a hundred million dollars a year. And there were some reports like that, but the reality is, is that a net 15 to $20 million a year is an awful lot. It's an awful lot for the Cubs. Now that is after all expenses. That is after you write off every major league player on your, um, on your 40-man rosters, 40% of their contracts, which you are allowed to legally at the end of the year, take off of your books. 
So there is plenty of money there, but I, I'm glad you brought it up, Mike, because the reality is they're not spending 500 to $600 million on everybody else because everybody else doesn't happen to be this guy. This guy is a once-in-a-lifetime Michael Jordan-type player for the sport, and that is why you're ponying up this amount of money. Sure, everything around Wrigleyville, everything marquee, everything... Uh, you know, with our station, everything goes up, the prices go up, the attention span goes up, uh, it becomes worldwide news every day when he plays. So that's why he gets paid. But again, will the Cubs spend money if he doesn't get signed? Yes, they will. Will it be that amount of money? No, but I think they will be approaching somewhere around $240, 250000000 million, which would be an increase of probably $70 million from last year. So again, a lot of nuggets in just that little soundbite there. I, I love Bruce. I, I love Bruce. I respect Bruce a ton. But I, you know, Michael Jordan and Shohei Otani in the same breath, I don't know. See, there, there's this there's this thing, six, six championships. Six, six. Yeah, I, but, six. I, but I think when you're talking Ohtani, about this- You've you've brought it up. It is a team game, and you can't just take over. One player cannot take over like we saw Jordan do many times back in the days. Um, but I think when he talks about that, it's it, Michael Jordan transcended baseball or foot ba- basketball. I'm sorry, he transcended basketball. And I remember going to South America, and all my relatives in South America, all they cared about was Michael Jordan and asking me about Michael Jordan. Didn't care about anything else. Levi's have, and Michael Jordan, right? They have not brought up basketball once since Michael Jordan retired. And that's the thing about Shohei Otani is he is a global global entity. And so you are going to see at the score, they're going to be able to charge more for uh, ad space. At, at Hotel Zachary, they're going to have a lot more people coming in to fill that out there. It is an event, and, and 15 to $20 million a year that he brings in per year, per year. And that, again, is a rough estimate. We don't know that, but that really kind of, if you're paying him, what, $30 million a year, $40 million a year, you're kind of almost offsetting it halfway, right? And the other thing he said is what we talked about, we, we, we kind of figured out earlier, the Cubs are looking to be roughly at that first tier of the luxury tax, maybe slightly below it, maybe slightly above it. So there's no doubt that the Cubs are going to spend money. It's just... You know, Jed, like I said, playing it, playing it close to the vest. Now, this next clip, Dustin, is the one that I I, put, I tweeted this out at Crawley's Cubs. It went viral, over 100 million views. People were shocked by this one. Let's hear what he has to say. Well, he does. And they've always said, and it makes sense that you want to bring Bellinger back. But we're hearing, and, and again, Scott Boris's agent is going to talk today at uh, 11 o'clock. And he'll do the dog and pony show with about 150 media p- people, including myself, standing there. And we're hearing that Bellinger is asking upwards of uh, $300 million right now. So uh, are you going to pay 8 to 10 years, $300 million for Bellinger at age 29? Uh, most people say, yeah, let's do it. Okay. What are, what are going to be the, what's going to be the real impact there? Reese Hoskins uh, from Philadelphia didn't play last year. Power hitting first baseman is another area that they're probably going to go. There have been conversations there. Uh, he would fit in nicely. They certainly need a first baseman. Matt Chapman, who played for Toronto before that, Oakland, another free agent. Uh, there's a similar theme with all these guys that I've just talked about. They're all Scott Boros players. So it's going to be Scott Boros winter with the Chicago Cubs and talking about their players. I I think Hoskins is realistic. I think a trade for Glassnow is certainly realistic for the Cubs. They are not going to stop trying to build a championship team if they don't get Otani. Cody Bellinger, I I know this is Scott Boros, but $300 I mean, that, that is, I almost drove off the road. Yeah, I mean it's a lot of it's a lot of dough. I mean that is that's the job of your representative, right? To put um, you in this high position. But who's paying them? It's not going to be the Yankees. It's not going. I mean, it's are the Dodgers going to pay him? Do would the Dodgers want him back? 
I mean, would he want to go back? You know, the other team that hasn't been talked about, we're talking about the hot and the cold and the close and the not close, the in and the out. You know, a team I have not heard really much about at all, the Giants. And I know the Giants want to make a splash. Who who are the Giants in? Maybe that's the maybe that's who's going to pay him. But if you're the Giants or you're the Cubs and you know that these other suitors are out, why would you overpay for him? It's it. I just, I mean, honestly, I. So you want to have you want to be somewhere in the ballpark, Dustin. I'm not. Of course, you're always going to go on the high end if you're the agent, right? But if you're telling me what is the high end for Cody Bellinger, I would put it at two hundred million. Six years, two hundred million. That's what I would put on him. And so I have literally no clue where he comes up with three hundred million dollars. If you're telling me a hundred million over the high end, Dustin, you can you can put like I said to me, two hundred would have been high. I think what is he worth? One twenty to one fifty. Three hundred, Dustin. That's double. That's insane. That's yep. it's crazy. It's it's crazy, crazy money. I and you know it, it's it's like a house. What's the comp? What, what's the comp here, right? I mean, what, 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 who does he think he is? I mean, he no had one, he, he's had a great career, but he's just recently bounced back. Three good years, two bad years, one, you know, okay year. Right. One good year. I'll put a good year. One, one, yeah, one good, 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 very, yeah. Hey, okay. but listen, I, I get it. I mean, I understand why he's saying what he's saying. I, I mean, Ooh. but that, it doesn't mean, I, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean we have to like it or agree with it. So Hoskins in there, again, we mentioned him before and, and, you know, Tyler glass now and, and Scott Boris usually makes a lot of money, but I'm, 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 I am still going to stick that, that 300 million for, I, again, it just seems way, way overvalued, way overvalued. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Again, that's why this is fun, but yeah, that, I mean, you know, God bless all these guys and God bless these owners of these teams and all this money is out there. And I guess that's thanks to you and I and all of our great listeners. This is, I was happy because remember I put Dylan Cease in the tier one category as far as trade. Here's what Bruce Levine had to say about the South side pitcher. Dylan Cease is going to be the prize of this off season and, and the White Sox are going to cash in big time for him. Is it going to be exciting for White Sox fans knowing they got four or five young players from another organization for Dylan Cease? No, not right away. But I I was told yesterday by uh, a source with the Reds that the White Sox asked for four of their top ten young players in a very good farm system, the Cincinnati Reds, uh, for Cease. And that caused them some pause. They haven't said no yet. They've said no for the time being. Uh, this is going on with Atlanta. It's going on with Baltimore. It's going on with the Dodgers. These conversations are holding up a lot of other things happening here at the meetings because everybody wants two years of control of Dylan Cease at possibly only $25 million total for the two years. So does he fit in with everybody? Absolutely. Is he durable? No doubt about it. He has not missed a start since 2018, okay? One of the more durable pitchers. Did he have a clunky year last year? Certainly he did, but he still had 216 strikeouts, sixth in the league. So uh, East is the jewel for the White Sox to trade right now, and there are an awful lot of teams interested. Dustin, when, when, when you're talking about four of the top 10 prospects from the red system, the red system's deeper than the Cubs. That, Dustin, blew my mind. That, that is absolutely just an insane number in, 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 in my head. And I thought that that is what you were going to see with the Juan Soto trade. And that's why, like I tell you, I, I was so underwhelmed with what the the Padres got back. I thought it was going to be something similar to that, like four top 10 prospects. And, you know, if that's what Dylan Cease is going to cost, I mean, but the one thing that Bruce talked about that also interests me and, and which makes me nervous about glass now is how Cease doesn't miss starts. Did he have a bad year? Yeah. Still struck out a ton of guys. And that White Sox team was just awful. Defense, terrible, terrible offense. team, and I, I understand why he, why he slid uh, the way he did. Um, but uh, all, listen, you know the thing. The thing about 
that situation is they don't have to trade him. Nope. Right? They don't they don't they they don't have to. So they might see what the market is now. He comes out, he has a good start, and who knows what they can get for him if he's got six or seven wins under his belt at the All-Star break. Well, just to give you an idea, if they wanted four of the Cubs' top 10 prospects, that would be Pete Crow Armstrong, Cade Horton, Owen Casey, Kevin Alcantara, Ben Brown, Matt Shaw, Moises Ballesteros, Jackson Ferris, James Triantos, and Jordan Wicks. I mean, four of those guys being gone would be a big impact, and that's what I thought, like I said, Juan Soto would bring in. So um, that one is, is, is very interesting. Um, when you kind of take a look at this now, let's hear what Bruce had to say about Tyler Glasnow and Christopher Morrell here. Well, I, I think he would be, but again, you have to be careful. I mean, if you're going to p- trade with Tampa and they do happen to ask for Morrell, which I wouldn't think it was out of the, out of the question, because I know scouts in that organization and I know that they, they are high in Morrell. Nonetheless, uh, if you're going to trade a, a, a guy that's, has the potential to hit 40 to 50 home runs a year, you better have a lot of pop in your lineup before you do it, okay? Who is the third and fourth hitter for the Chicago Cubs this year right now? Hmm. I'll give you another second or two. Yeah. <laughs> they, don't, yeah. they, don't, they don't have it. Without Bellinger, okay, they, they do not have third and fourth hitters. So before you trade the, the home run and RBI potential of Morrell, you better have a Hoskins or a Chapman or Bellinger signed up. I, I just don't see him getting traded until they answer some of those questions about who are who are the people that are going to drive in runs and who, who are going to provide the slug for the Chicago Cubs in 2024. Great question. Who is going to provide that slug, Crowley? Remember, Dustin, we talked about that last season. We were concerned about that, and it turned out Cody Bellinger was a godsend and really helped out that season. But even then, we knew that Ian Happ really isn't a three. That, that, that just is not. It isn't. I'm sorry. And so, yeah, it is concerning that, it, that here we are this year. And when I think about Juan Soto and, and, just, and, and Shohei, that's what I'm kind of got in my head is the Cubs need pop. And those two guys would provide the biggest amount of pop out of anybody, not even close in my opinion. Not even Bellinger's close in that category when you talk about Soto and Otani. Um, so those two guys are on an island on their own. So it is a good question of what you're going to do. It's I just it's it just weird to me how Morel like they just don't want him at third, and that's where I just kind of keep getting where I keep wondering what they think they know about him that he can't play it or can't learn it or can't do the footwork or can't you know practice beforehand. Um, last thing from Bruce has to do with Marcus Stroman. We almost forgot about him, right? And the question of why would he opt out of a $20 million for one year deal? This is what Bruce had to say about that. Are you going to tell me the pitching, the starting pitching market is so deep that he's going to be all the way down there? I still think that Marcus Stroman will get a, a, a one or two year deal still at about 20 to 25 million with a a couple of mutual options to prove that he's healthy again and can help pitchers. There's not a lot of starting pitching inventory out there, guys. So I think Stroman is still going to get a good deal for himself to move forward. Once you see uh, Cease come off the market, some of these other guys like uh, Burns that might be traded, uh, a couple other guys that might be traded off of teams that have one year left before the free agents, there's not a lot of inventory out there except Yamamoto, who is going to be signed to somebody over the next three weeks before his uh, posting time runs out. Hopefully the Cubs are going to be in on. So as we're kind of looking at that here, we kind of figured, I think, that Stroman was going to try to get a multi-year deal. And so that would be like two years, $40 million with some opt-outs. So Bruce thinks that's a possibility. And we're watching some mediocre guys getting 10 to $13 million, Dustin. So... I don't know if it's maybe Marcus, you know, is smarter than we think on this one. Yeah, we will see. I mean, I've I've not heard a thing about him, right? Not a word. Not a a peep. Not a peep. But obviously there is the need for pitching everywhere in baseball. So we'll see. But that's somebody that isn't going to, you know, he might end up getting something because somebody gets hurt. 
Now, I would honestly sit there and say, Dustin, though, I think the score, everyone knows I'm a scorehead, but the station's just doing such a great job with the baseball coverage. And and that, like I said, that was just one interview on the Molly and Haw show. So. All right. I mean, he's not, Bruce has been great down there. Uh, Morosi was great with uh, Parkins and Spiegel. He did a great job. I always like hearing from Morosi as well. So just a plus job by the score team and just really keeping everybody interested in baseball and not forgetting that baseball still speaking happening. of the score Crowley tomorrow, five o'clock, assuming this podcast gets out to everybody tomorrow around lunchtime, Joe Madden, former uh, skipper for the Cubs and the angels talking to Parkinson Spiegel at five about Shohei Otani. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is season two. It's episode 94. Cubs leave Nashville empty-handed. Don't forget to download, review, subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. And let's get into some of those hot stove rumors that uh, we were hearing down at the uh, meetings in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, we had a rare rival trade, Dustin, during the window meetings mm-hmm. that the Red Sox traded Alex Verdugo to the Yankees for pitchers. Richards Fitz, Greg Weiser, and Nicholas Judas. So kind of surprising. The White Sox signed Eric Fetty to a two-year $15 million contract. Nick that Senzel, seems like a smart signing, though, like for the Sox, right? Yeah, not Prove bad at all. Guy. Let's see what he does. Might take a while for the league to catch up to him. And maybe flip him. Right. Keep, keep getting prospects. Uh, Nick Senzel signed a one-year $2 million contract with the Nationals. And how about former Cubs? You had Victor Caratini signing a two-year, $12 million contract with the Astros. So he's going to be down there with Martin Maldonado, another former Cubs catcher. But two years, good on Victor. And I'm glad he is out of the NL Central because he just liked to torture his old team, much like Eloy Jimenez. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Also, former Cubs closer Craig Kimbrell signed a one-year, $13 million contract with the Orioles. On a smaller note, but a happy note, I guess, for me personally, the Cubs re-signed Ethan Roberts to a minor league contract. Remember, he had the Tommy John surgery, and the Cubs non-tendered him in November, so he could have signed with anybody. He did re-sign with the Cubs, so some good news there. Uh, the, The MLB had their second draft lottery on Tuesday, and the big winner was the Cleveland Guardians, who walked away with the number one pick for the first time in team history. The Cubs are going to be selecting 14th in the draft. So if everything would have been done as it was previous, the Cubs would have been 17th. So they jumped up like three spots. But the bad news for the Cubs fans is what happened with the Cincinnati Reds, who in my opinion were the real winners of the draft. The Reds only had a 0.9% chance of winning, and they ended up making the largest jump from where they picked if the draft was based solely on lottery odds, number 13. They went all the way, Dustin, to number two. A huge jump. And for a, team jump. Like the, uh, for a team like the Reds that are so have such a farm system, that to me is just unbelievable. So not really happy about that. Um, some other basic news here. Uh, the Rule 5 draft happened on Wednesday, and the Cubs did not make a selection in the major league portion of the round. So... They're, they didn't want to add anyone to the 40-man roster. In round one of the minor league phase, the Cubs selected Hayden Cantrell from the Giants. That was the only player they selected in five rounds of the minor league Rule 5 draft. The Cubs lost some minor leaguers. Uh, D-backs took Andy Weber, second baseman for the Smokies. The Reds took shortstop Levi Jordan, also from the Smokies. And then in consecutive picks, the Cubs lost pitchers Adam Lasky and Sheldon Reed, from the South Bend Cubs. Those are a couple guys that were in the Arizona fall league, um, but the Cubs decided not to protect them. So um, that's where it went on that. I wanted to give a little bit of a congratulations here. We were talking a little bit about the Ford Frick award winner, and that is going to be Joe Castiglione, 41 years, Dustin with the Boston Red Sox. So pretty cool. About time. He's a, he's been a good announcer as a uh, person who likes to gather Audio from baseball games and other sporting events. Joe's the goods. Yes, sir. And finally, the Cubs announced another concert for the summer. Dustin, I saw some funny tweets about this. Boom. Def Leppard Journey and the Steve Miller Band, July 15th on Wrigley Field. Um, 
you know, kind of some older guys there, but uh, that is the second concert on the docket. The uh, Cubs already have Green Day, Smashing Pumpkins, and Rancid coming to the park. So that is now. The- are you going to both of these? Is, are these both on your uh, list? Check, check, or no? I already have tickets for the Green Day, Smashing Pumpkins, and Rancid. I'm not going to miss that. I've seen Green Day at Wrigley. They are a blast. So if anybody, you know, any music fans out there are interested, that's going to be a good one. Um, and I'm thinking about this one, Def Leppard, Journey, Steve Miller. Uh, Def Leppard's still pretty good. Journey. And it's then- got like the Alpine. It, this has got like Alpine Valley written all over it more than <laughs> Wrigley Field, right? Or, or even like the Steve Miller band like out at Ravinia would be really cool. I, I can't believe Journey is allowed at Wrigley Field. Isn't don't don't you associate Journey with the White Sox? Yeah, don't stop don't, believing. Right? Don't you so I you know now like I wouldn't mind like a, a greatest hits, but I gotta tell you, like you could have just as good of a time. It, it, I, you know, maybe I won't give away my little secret, but you know it's all right. It, it's okay. But I you know you'd have to tell me how much I gotta pay for that ticket. It's Monday night, which I thought was no, like, okay. Who doesn't? It. <laughs> forget it. It's a, that's a killer. I mean, like a Thursday, I could I'll I'll, I'll scrape it up, but a Monday that, that just kills my whole week. I'm very curious to see what happens, and I may be somebody that's scouring on the secondary market or just going down day of and seeing what I could get. And if I can't, go into Lucky Doors right right literally 15 feet from the ballpark and just having some good beers and listening to music on the patio. That's right. kind of my plan. Right, right, right. Yeah. All right, Crowley, that is a wrap. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. Follow the socials, follow on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. Of course, you can email Crowley and I, flythew670gmail.com. And you can watch us, that's right, YouTube, by subscribing to the 670 The Score YouTube channel. Don't forget the old skippers, Joe Madden, tomorrow, Park and Spiegel, 5 o'clock Friday. If you uh, miss it live, you can always go back on that Odyssey app and catch the rewind. I saw Joe at Club 400. He is absolutely brilliant, and I can't wait to hear what his insights are. Hopefully we'll find out what kind of hitter he is, if the Cubs have a chance to sign him, and what the name of his dog is. Go Cubs! It's all over.